Welcome to the Healthy Pickleballer podcast. In today's episode, we have three special guests joining us from Body Helix, a leading company dedicated to supporting pickleball players in their journey to optimal health and performance. With their innovative compression devices and pickleball paddles and hydration mixes, Body Helix helps to manage pain, reduce injuries, and enhance the overall pickleball experience. Welcome Fred Robinson, Tom Parker, MD, and Joanne Nicodemus. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having hey, us. Hey, good morning. Thanks Thank fine. you. Yeah. Well, I know that you guys have some some great products that, that are available for pickleball players, but before we kind of get into uh, discussing what all you have uh, to offer the pickleball players, really would, would love to hear more about the story of Body Helix and, and maybe even how you got involved in the pickleball world. Um, I, I may start with that, Brian. You'll, you'll like this story. When uh, when Body Helix was started, it was really based on an injury, so that might get your attention. I was playing professional senior tennis. I injured a hamstring, and as you know, and many people that have done this before, a hamstring can hang around for a very long time. I tried to find some products for it. I would get a thigh sleeve or wrap. I would put it on. It would fall down. It wasn't doing anything. I went through maybe a dozen of those and couldn't find anything to help my hamstring. And I, and I got so upset about the way athletes, what I felt the athletes weren't being treated um, in the manner that they should be. So I decided to take on a mission to try to develop some great products. And that started with the body helix and the compression. The first product we developed was the thigh compression we had to set out and find great materials and make something that was exceptional. And basically, once I got that started, I went straight to Tom Parker with his medical background and uh, asked Tom, hey, what do you think about this? And I'll, I'll maybe let him share a comment and what yeah, he thought. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. I'm glad to. Because I, I, Fred and I had been friends. I'd always admired the way he played tennis. But when he came to me and said, uh, hey, would you take a look at this compression product? I thought that was the end of the friendship that he was just trying to <laughs> take, take, take advantage of, of me. So I, I, I agreed to evaluate the products and um, uh, my feelings about the products changed dramatically as soon as I had some experience with it. And so rather than tell Fred that I was excited about it, I said, well, how can I just invest a little bit in the company? And uh, I, I thought that there was something that was gonna be of value to the athletes and thought I could add some authority to the, our claims using the science of medicine as the source of that information and that assessment. So I, I went back to Fred and said, yeah, you got something here. Let's, let's try and do something with it. And, and we did. And we went to another doctor who, a uh, very yeah. prominent uh, sports medicine doctor in Greensboro, North Carolina, a guy named Bert Fields, who was internationally recognized. And I think Bert had the same sort of feelings that uh, this was not going to be anything. He tried the products and found that they were really quite excellent. And he continues to wear them on a regular basis and, and uh, prescribes them to, or recommends them to his patients on a regular basis too. So that independent assessment and positive evaluation served as the basis for us to say, okay, let's do this. 
So that's that's the parts that I remember. Yeah. So Tom, for the record, I think uh, Dr. Fields told me to go sell T-shirts at first before he died yeah. the products. <laughs> and then he had he had knee issues, Brian. And um, he said, I'll get back to you in 100 miles. Put him on his knees and came back and said, "This these products are fantastic. So we, in your field, we went from the hamstring, then we chased after the calf, the knee. Uh, what part, what body part doesn't get hurt for an athlete? It's everything. So we appreciate the work you're doing too. Uh, thank you. Well, I, I really yeah. like the, 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 a uh, personal story that that really kind of was the inspiration behind body helix it's like okay well i'm not really seeing <laughs> seeing what i need so i might as well just kind of create it myself <laughs> yeah it's exactly right yeah yeah well well what would you say are some of the benefits then of the compression devices you know you mentioned kind of bringing on a team of some medical um, professionals to to kind of have some input into the product so, so would you like me to do that one yeah, go ahead, Tom. All right. So hang on, I got to hear this phone call. So there, um, there, products that provide compression have to be anchored in place somehow. And ours, one of our biggest advantages is that the adherence is moisture activated. And so moisture is a fancy word for perspiration or sweat. And once a player or an athlete puts on our compression product, it's, it's really anchored in place. And we have marathon runners who will run a marathon with one of our thigh, knee, or calf products. And there's no migration of the product from where it's placed at the initial onset. So they can be repositioned easily enough, but once they're in place, they work. So that's number one. It stretches more than the human body. And there are stories all over the place about uh, athletes who change their mechanics. Dizzy Dean, who's a baseball player that uh, most young people won't know about, but his career ended when he had a sore toe, which changed his stride, changed his hip, changed his shoulder motion, and he completely grouped up his shoulder. So it's important with any kind of compression that it does not change the mechanics of physical activity. Uh, so it doesn't strain other joints that are not prepared. And then um, the third item is that it what doesn't doesn't migrate it stretches more than the human body and i think one thing that I, I always like to use um some of like the compression devices for or the compression sleeves are mm -hmm. to really just kind of enhance like proprioception of the athlete when they're when they're performing and, and you know if they're dealing with with an injury it's almost like this subconscious awareness of, of where their body is at in space so that they can kind of control and regulate some of that motion uh, to take some stress off of those areas that they need to be unloaded. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah exactly. So, there, as you know, there are studies showing that ankle races uh, for a sprained ankle work by increasing proprioception and they really don't do much to stabilize the ankle. Joanne, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to comment that all compression, right. is designed to do, you know, basically six things. And you know, this Brian being a physical therapist, you know, it's all compression is designed to either support a muscle, a group of muscles or tendons and ligaments around a joint, increase the blood flow to the covered area, and then decrease muscle oscillation, decrease swelling, decrease, decrease your recovery time. And as you said, increase proprioception. So body helix just found a way to do that with a better material. 
right? We're not, we didn't reinvent the wheel. We didn't claim to be rocket scientists. We just took what we know that compression can do and we made it with the best material out there. So as Tom said, it stretches more. So every time you bend your elbow, it bends with you. You don't have to stop at a certain point because you are limited by your compression. And then it also rebounds faster. So it snaps back into place, which means it gives you almost like a little spring in your step. But when, if you were still talking about the elbow, when you straighten your elbow, it straightens faster. So you, it never loses contact with you. Other compression braces, as you're bending and stretching, you see little gaps in them because the material isn't high quality. So that's kind of what we did. We just took what we know and made it with the best material. Fred went out and found a material that had a closed cell core so that it wouldn't absorb any mo moisture, which means it doesn't get heavier. Mm -hmm. uh, and the outer material is super stretchy and is so thin that it barely absorbs any water. So what you will find is even if they get wet, if you take them out and wring them in a towel or when you wash them, if you put them in the dryer for 10 minutes, they're dry, they're ready to go. That core has not absorbed any moisture, any bacteria, any of the odors. Well, I know that that must be super important uh, down in the South where I know there's a lot more uh, humidity when you're out playing yeah. these <laughs> summer days. Exactly, yeah. So Brian, our team might be waiting for you to get injured so we can put some of this on you and then you'll see for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also use it for injury prevention, right? And injury yeah. recovery. So yeah, I pickleball yeah. court for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I was, was going to add, I mean, for the, for the most part, is this product designed to be something that is used when they're playing on the court? Are there um, any indications for, for wearing it after play? Tom might be able to help with the science on recovery, because I do believe that is the only aspect of compression that has some clinical studies behind it. Yeah, um, there, are, there are a couple of studies. One shows that it helps to diminish what's called delayed onset muscle soreness, soreness mm -hmm. or DOMS, which is the pain that an athlete might experience on Monday morning after they've had a very vigorous Sunday, especially as, as uh, athletes get older, they lose their flexibility and the speed with which they recover. So uh, those athletes who go to bed on Sunday night uh, are gonna have less discomfort when they get up to go to their day jobs on Monday morning. And then, um, the, the other benefit is uh, with regard to recovery, although I don't think the science is particularly compelling. There is some science that shows that athletes recover faster from ambitious workouts if they wear recovery in the post-exercise period. So uh, those athletes who are at, at the elite level, who are always pushing, will find a benefit with the use of the compression after they exercise. And there, yeah. is, there is science supporting both of those. I'm sorry, Brian. That, that, that's so important because I know people are playing pickleball on back-to-back on -back days and um, you just yeah, highlighting the fact that some of the soreness doesn't really take place till the next day. That's an important message that I always share with my clients too. And we're kind of monitoring just your body's tolerance for certain activities. But um, yeah, if, if compression can help with, with soreness, that's going to help you perform better when you're, when you're playing on those back-to-back -back days. Yeah, definitely. And tournament, tournament days in particular. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about like um, durability of, of some of these products? Uh, are there certain features in the body helix compression that that um, adds to some of the durability of it 
um, and, and maintain some of its, uh, its fit. So it's the nature of our material to be durable. And, and actually one of the challenges that, that we have is that we don't have any planned obsolescence. So we have found that our, our products last for years and years and years, and our customers don't come back and buy the, the, the products that they wear out like they might wear out a pair of tennis shoes or a mm-hmm. set of strings in a tennis paddle, tennis racket. So um, there's lots of durability. Um, the fabric doesn't lose its shape and it continues to provide the compression initially that it did, uh, that it will long after it's been worn and washed multiple times. That's different from many other fabrics. The, the knitted fabrics, they lose their elasticity promptly. They don't recover, they absorb sweat. We think we have a clear strategic advantage when we compete against those products. Um, one one question that I that I get from some of my clients too is is what is like the proper fit of a compression garment? How do you kind of describe that to an individual? You know, I always say it's kind of somewhere in that middle range where you want it to be snug and, and stay on, but also not so tight though where it's you know cutting off circulation because that would be not not uh, good for the individual either. Yeah. So for the most part, proper fit is going to be an intuitive perception. A, a person's going to put on a compression device and say, I don't feel compression, or this is so restrictive that it's uncomfortable, or there will be a click and there'll be a zone when, when you get in that and you put it on and you say, yeah, this, this, this is what they must be talking about. And if you're asking yourself, wow, this feels awful tight, um, that's, that's too tight. It's not going to be beneficial. The um, at least with our products, the compression is uniform. It's spread evenly over the entire distribution of the product. Many of the products that use a in sort of an elastic band on the ends to keep it in place are clearly way too tight for those elastic bands. That's what they have to use to hold them in place, but they don't have the same degree of compression in on the rest of the, the item so that there's a loss of benefit and a, a clear harm in the, the tightness of the restricting bands. Great. Well, I know that that will be super helpful for individuals when they are looking, looking for the right fit for their body. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention is that we don't contain copper. Um, it, it's well known copper doesn't do anything, but they are very successful at marketing the benefits of copper. We don't, we don't have it. We're not going to have it. We lament the fact that, uh, customers are deceived by those copper advertisements. <laughs> well, well, I know that in, in just some of the previous conversations that we've had, um, you guys have mentioned um, like medical type, medical grade compression. Um, is, is that something that you can expand on just a little bit more? Sure. So in the, in the medical community, they stratify the amount of, of uh, compression that a device provides. And so it becomes medical grade once it gets over 20 millimeters of mercury. And in the range of 20 to 30, which is generally advised, for example, for thrombophlebitis uh, prevention on calf compression, we're in that range. So when we tell our customers that we have medical grade compression, they can be comfortable knowing that they are not gonna have, if they have a proper fit, they're not gonna have 
excess compression and they are going to have the benefits of compression as well. So that 20 to 30 millimeters of mercury is, uh, is where we wanna be. But I also wanna clarify, we had a marketing company and the marketers thought that since it had 20 to 30 millimeters of mercury that it contained mercury. Not so, that, that <laughs> millimeters of mercury is a, is right. a term of measurement. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, 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 um, and oftentimes people, when they're talking about pickleball elbow, talking about you know, almost like these vibration type of, um, stress that's getting uh, attenuated up into the elbow. Um, that would be something that the compression device could help with as well as some of the, the vibration, um, stress that may be get, like going across joints. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt that, um, muscle oscillation is a big deal. And, um, the, the sorts of vibration that you're talking about that are generated in the hand and transmitted up the arm are dampened. And that helps to stabilize what goes on with the elbow, in addition to supporting those structures that can be damaged or inflamed in association with pickleball with the elbow. Great, great. Yeah, so maybe some some injury preventative measures as well by, yeah. by starting with, with a compression device. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I know that there's some other products too that I really wanted to, to talk about um, that Body Helix offers. And so maybe let's uh, let's switch over to the pickleball paddle. This is one of the most popular conversations that exists out there. <laughs> Everybody's searching for the best paddle that's going to help to elevate their game, but also, um, you know, protect their body and keep their upper extremities um, strong and healthy. So, um, yeah, what... What um, technology is Body Helix um, putting into its pickleball paddles that helps the players to you know, play better and have a better experience out on the court? Uh, great question. Um, one thing that the pickleball players can really thank tennis for is that one, I pulled a hamstring and that led to all of our compression <laughs> products. <laughs> then I started playing pickleball and the first thing that I noticed uh, tennis for many years has had really high tech uh, strings, grips, rackets. And so they're much more advanced than the pickleball. Pickleball is now quickly advancing with the technologies. They're changing things. And the first couple of paddles I got, uh, actually the first one that I, that I purchased to start playing with was smooth. I didn't know, you know, here I am new. I just jumped in. Somebody said, use this paddle. I'm a tennis player. I like to use spin. I like mm -hmm. to use underspin and overspin and I would hit a pickleball. It's not going anywhere. It looks like a knuckleball. And that was disturbing to me because <laughs> a big, a big factor in the control equation is not just hitting the ball hard, the power, but how do you control the ball? You control the ball with spin when the ball moves through the air and it's spinning. Same thing with the tennis ball. That's where you, that's where you get your control from. So I was all about spin. And then I noticed on my paddle on the sides of it, uh, when I went to rewrap it, it was just exposed honeycomb, which freaked me out because if I had a tennis racket that had a handle like that, I, I would have brought it 
back to the store and said, what's going on? This isn't a solid handle. So I started looking at that, the traction, and then and it was the same thing with, the, with my hamstring. I thought, you know, I think we could really have a much more advanced, higher quality paddle. Why not? I raised my hand again. I said, let me, let me just go to work on this and see how I could bring some of the tennis things into the pickleball, the things that we've learned and we've tested for, for decades, and try to advance the technology of the paddles. So um, I initially went on to the pickleball uh, reviews and I listened to all of the people reviewing and I got some great information. I don't like this. This is what I do like about the paddle. This is what I hate about paddles. And I made a list and those started to get longer and longer and longer, which mm -hmm. intrigued me more. And then I decided I'm going to dive in and make, a, a, you know, try to make a great paddle. So one of the features on the paddle, the Body Helix X1 paddle that we've just launched, and I will say that I think all of us on our team are taken back by just how fast yeah. this thing is becoming popular. It's, blow, it's blowing us away. Um, was the surface. Let's address the spin. And I realized that there are different types of surfaces that are used. Some are called uh, a CAS. And Brian, think of that as like a spray paint texture surface. Mm -hmm. Many of the paddles use that. It feels really rough to the touch but um, it's just a spray paint finish and it will wear smooth in the center of the paddle fairly quickly, which mm -hmm. I noticed when I played, I bought a expensive paddle. I played with it and the, the kind of top spin and slice that I use as a tennis player, it only took me about a week. And I thought I've got a shiny spot in the middle of the paddle. What's going on here? So we, I studied that a little bit. I started to look at the different types of carbons and through the research, and I, I thank all the guys and ladies out there who were doing the reviews who helped me along and really allowed me to accelerate the, the R&D that I was doing. The conclusion that we came to at the present time was that the Torre Carbon from Japan was the highest quality. It's much more expensive, but it was the go-to. It was going to be for us in developing the paddle. Once I figured out the type of carbon we were going to put on it, then we decided, um, and I think tennis players can relate to this. When you're playing tennis, you can have club players will play with a 16-gauge string, which is a thicker string. Tournament players will play with a 17-gauge, which is thinner. And it'll it's think of it as a sharper strand. It will allow you to get more spin on the ball. And then the, the touring players will play with an 18-gauge, which is even thinner. It doesn't mm -hmm. last very long, but you can get incredible spin. Then I proceeded to look at the paddles that are using carbon surfaces. And many of the carbon surfaces were using um, a surface of 0.04. So when you, when you go and look at six paddles and you feel them, most of the consumers will go with their hands and feel, and they think, well, this is the roughest paddle. This will get the most spin. And that's actually counterintuitive. It's not the case as I studied it started putting these under microscopes, started finding out which ones would grab the ball. It was the 0.08 carbon, which would be for a tennis player, think in terms of this is an 18 gauge tennis string. It feels actually a little bit smoother than the other paddle, but you get amazing spin. So we went with the Japanese Tori carbon. We went with a finer cord spin uh, or the finer cord carbon to get a higher spin. I think that's going to clear up a lot of confusion because I do think that is a, a 
maybe a misunderstanding that a lot of people have is, is the, that a rougher surface on the paddle is going to create more spin. But as you talked about, you know, that, that wears off pretty quickly too, you know, you're yeah. going to lose, lose any benefit to that. It might be, might be nice to, to see the, you know, the, the wear is in the middle of the paddle to give you confidence yeah. that you're hitting in the right <laughs> spot, but at the same time, yeah, you're going to be losing that spin and, and uh, affecting your play. Yeah. So we addressed the, we addressed the carbon issue and then the other new technologies that were coming in and, and it's going to, it's like with tennis, when Luxalon or polyester strings came in, it changed the game mm-hmm. from the old nylons to the, it advanced the game. So in pickleball, what's happened now is the paddles are shifting to the thermoform paddles. And what that means is uh, on our paddle, you'll have two sheets of carbon that are, are shaped, the paddle shape. And then they're cut all the way down into the handle, which is a unibody. So it's a solid piece. And then the thermoform wraps the carbon all the way around like a sandwich wrap. That makes the paddle much stronger and it makes the paddle much more powerful. So we uh, put into the Body Helix X1 paddle, the unibody construction. And then we also use the thermoform, which wraps around. We used a heat press, which is a much slower process to make the paddle but it makes a better paddle. We put foam injection around the edge guard. And then I did something that was kind of fun for me. I put a solid structure handle. Uh, basically, it's the same as shape as the Wilson tennis handle on the tennis guy. And people love that shape of that handle. So we put that handle on and we constructed it with five layers. And the reason we did that is there are a lot of issues with thermo- uh, with um, the paddles delaminating. And mm-hmm. uh, by putting in the extra layers, it helps bond the honeycomb to the car to the carbon. And one note I would make for all the listeners who are in pickleball: Hey, if you want your paddle, and this is not talked about, if you want your paddles to last, do not put them in your car trunk in a, on a hot mm-hmm. day and leave them there. You will ruin your paddle. So mm-hmm. many of the companies have made great paddles, and customers will complain they delaminated. They really baked that paddle in the trunk and ruined it. Oh, so yeah. we put a lot of structure, a lot of time and built a very high quality paddle. And um, it's the same thing. We approach it like the compression. When we make something, it, we don't just want to make something. We don't just want to make a paddle. My challenge, uh, uh, my point in my career is how do we make the best paddle that we can possibly make to treat the athletes the way they need to be treated? I know a lot of listeners just ran out to their car and took their paddles out. <laughs> I'm glad because they just they just saved their paddles. They don't and tennis players know that because the strings go loose. Yeah. And all of a sudden you go to play 30 minutes later, you pick up your racket and it's like a banjo and you go, what happened? But pickleball players, a lot of them that I've spoken with never even think about this. Yeah. Same well, thing in the cold of freezing cold. You have to be careful. Yeah. yeah take care right. of it. Oh, I know yeah. a lot of pickleball players are trying to. They're, they want to be ready at any moment's notice when they pass by the court to be yeah. able to play. So, but yeah, but, but so maybe if you go inside, take it yeah. with you. Even. Well, any minute's notice, I'll just carry it with you. Like, you know, sling it over your shoulder. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I, there's, I'd like to correct one of the things Fred said there. I'm glad to report that Fred's a national champion in tennis, but he said that he was a tennis player. And I think he is using the wrong tense. As you may know, he abandoned <laughs> tennis and is not entirely pickleball. So, 
Yeah, I got the virus, Brian, and I, I told Tom, I said, I don't want the antidote. I'm just having a blast playing. <laughs> I'm playing tournaments like the other guy, you know, people out mm -hmm. there, I'm drilling. And that's a big thing with the pickleball players out there. If you want to improve, learn how to drill, learn mm -hmm. how to practice. Because if you're playing all the time, you're pretty much going to be stuck pretty close to the same level forever. And yeah, yeah. I think you, you have to have that repetition with um, yeah. you know, with with different shot execution. You know, whether it's the third shot drop, you you only get a couple of opportunities right. when you're playing in games to be able to execute that. So, mm -hmm. I think that's a really great uh, tip for listeners. And it's funny that you mentioned you're really coming from a tennis background. I just had on a guest on the podcast, uh, Rob Nunnery, who also comes from yeah. a tennis tennis yeah. background. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's kind of fun to hear his story of how he transitioned from tennis and he, he really doesn't play yeah. much tennis anymore, if at all. And, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, so it was fun. And you know, the point, one point when we're talking about the repetition and, and this has been an issue with kids in tennis camps for years and people are going to find this in pickleball. It's going to come in quickly that lead into what you're doing is when you're drilling, you're doing many repetitions of the same exact motion over and over. And that's where the body can break down and you can be injured. And that's where, uh, Brian, the work that you're doing, you're going to be able to explain that to people and help them. This is, if you hit a thousand of that same ball in the next uh, 90 minutes, that's a lot of work on the same muscle, the same part of the body. And you're going to be able to help so many people with that. So we're excited to be able to, you know, just be associated with you and, and, and work with you any way we can. Yeah, yeah, really excited for this, and um, you know we are seeing large uh, increase in, in injuries, but um, but at the same time, I think that the there's a lot of things that we can do on the front end to prevent these, and I think that's right. a message that, that you're sharing yeah. that that I'm sharing as well, and um, I know it's going to help people. Yeah, Brian, do you find uh, and, and kind of leading into the hydration, we you know again we've we've done this more than once with the hydrohelix we set out with the same thing. My background, starting in tennis, we were out to three and a half, four and a half hours playing a singles match, grinding in the heat, 60 minute rest, go right back out at the nationals, play a doubles match. And you do that for the whole week. And for many years, uh, I realized all kinds of players were having issues with dehydration. And then when they got to a point of dehydration, how they'd start tearing and pulling muscles. So we set in to develop a drink maybe in the future podcasts, we can really delve into that, but it's the same thing. We, you know, we wanted to make a superior product that wasn't laden with uh, sugar, with dyes, with emulsifiers. And uh, we put a lot of work into making what we feel is one of the best performance drinks, the hydrohelix out there. Tom has done a lot of work, uh, you know, helping us with his medical background there. So I appreciate the work that he's put in there. Yeah, I think that that is such an important part of, of staying healthy on the court and, and getting your body ready to to play because, you know, it's a, one thing to be able to, to train your muscles to get them stronger. But, um, you know, when you're out there, you are taxing your body and, and you know, put, uh, burning some of the, the fuel. So to have something that can kind of replenish your system and, and help with that recovery process. Um, it's so important because we are seeing people that are that are out there for multiple days and in the heat, you know, you're 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 losing a lot of the the electrolytes that you know your body and, and muscles kind of operate on or or yeah. need to be able to function. Yeah, and Joanne, for years, I'd like her to chime in here. She's worked uh, uh, 
on a massage table with the beat up tennis players. And Joanne, you can maybe talk about uh, dehydration and what you found with the muscles with your experience. Well, in the world, in the world of tennis, which is where I spent many, many years, right. You, you see tennis players playing in the heat because that's where ten most tennis is played. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, they would often come to me, not educated about the needs of their body, uh, about the electrolytes that they're going to need and the result of a lack of electrolytes um, on their muscles and what happens when they start to cramp. And, and, you know, so it's better to not cramp <laughs> than to try to stop a cramp in anybody's world. Uh, so, yeah, I, I saw a lot of tennis players uh, come onto the table who had had to leave a match or uh, not as finished as strong as they could have because they didn't have the proper hydration. So yeah, it would have been great to have Fred's drink uh, while I was <laughs> high level tennis players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what are some of like maybe the, the ingredients or uh, that are, that are in the hydration mix that make it a little bit different than some of the other products uh, on the market? So, so I would say that it's mostly the absence of a lot of ingredients that makes mm -hmm. ours different from, um, say, the commercial uh, sugar-containing products like that the kids buy or the, the um, advertisers have towels all over the place, Gatorade, Powerade, all those types of things. They have, they have sh sugar, and that's undesirable while a performance is going on. It, um, it sort of tricks the, the body into perceiving an incorrect metabolic state. So what we, what we have is an electrolyte replacement drink that is, it's in a powder form, you add water, that uh, gives you the ability to adjust the taste of the, um, the material by the amount of water that you add. And so um, we contain, we try and match the fluid loss and the electrolyte loss associated with what's known about the sodium and potassium content of sweat. So there's, there's not a lot of science and the science that's available is not very good. So uh, we, our product offers a full range of rehydration and electrolyte intake. If you're a big sweater, you would use more of the stuff. If you're not much of a sweater, you wouldn't put much of the stuff in. So the big, the big electrolytes that get lost are sodium, potassium, and then some magnesium. And so our, our uh, product matches those in the mm -hmm. amount of liquid that you put back in. Yeah. And it tastes it, good. And it tastes good. And, that, and it, yeah. That's important when you're talking about hydration, right? You want to be able to, to consume something that, that, um, that kind of, uh, that you enjoy and yeah. it's going to make hydration a lot easier. And, and then something that you mentioned too, just want to highlight because sometimes sodium gets a bad rap, but that is one of the key electrolytes that, that our body needs to be able to, to operate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the stuff that we don't have, uh, the emulsifying agents that, uh, they put in, um, the other commercial products to help them be a nice, pretty color. We, that has no metabolic benefit. It may have some undesirable side effects. We don't have emulsifying agents in there. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a clean product. We're happy, we're happy with it. If a nephrologist were looking around for something <laughs> to recommend to a, a patient, a kidney specialist would say, yeah, this is a good product. 
That, that's really important. I, yeah. I think that, that people, have, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have different uh, medical conditions that, that this is an important um, thing for them to be thinking about. Yeah, exactly. And we thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I knew that, we, yeah, we just talked about a lot of great products there from the compression devices to the pickleball paddle to the hydration mixes. One thing I just want to highlight that our listeners might not be able to see is some of the great uh, gear and apparel that Body Helix has to offer. Everybody uh, on this episode has got some sharp hats and sharp t-shirts that, that I want to encourage people to go check out. Um, uh, so so with that, where, where can people find you if they wanted to get more information and learn more about some of the different products that Body Helix has to offer? So I'd, I'd send them directly to our website, which is bodyhelix.com, B-O-D-Y-H-E-L-I-X.com. We've made considerable effort to have education material on our site for those uh, athletes who want to know the details of everything that serves as the basis for our decisions. It's there. Great. And um, uh, are you on, where can people find you on social media, on Facebook, Instagram? So our Instagram account is bodyhelix.pb. Uh, in celebration of our pickleball. Uh, same with Facebook. They can find us at um, Facebook at uh, facebook.com, bodyhelix.pb. Uh, uh, we also have a YouTube channel and our YouTube handle is at bodyhelixcompressionsleeves9221. And we are starting to be a little bit more active on TikTok where you can find us also at bodyhelix with no spaces. Yeah. So yeah, we're... Uh, we're enjoying social media mostly because people who hit with the paddle love the paddle mm-hmm. and they, and you, as you know, pickleballers love videos. They love to make them. They love to watch them. They love to talk about them. They love to dream about them. So <laughs> we, you know, people, when they get their paddles, they are excited and they all make a nice little unboxing video. Uh, but once they start hitting with it and they're standing on the podium, you know, we got pictures like that. And then uh, of course, while they're hitting with the paddle. So Social media has been fun for us as we yeah. launched this paddle just because people are so excited about it and so happy about it that they make videos because that's they what want to share. Want to do. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Watch videos and they want to make videos. So yeah, we're having fun with it. Great. Well, be sure to go check out Body Helix at, at their website, learn more about their products, and be sure to give them a follow on all the social media platforms. Uh, and thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, and I really look forward to, to continuing to work together and helping people to stay healthy, both on and off the court. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Brian. Thank you. Thank you That's so much. Success to you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, All right. Thanks. And uh, thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode and be sure to join us next time. Until then, stay healthy pickleballers.